Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Hi, Warren. I have a Liberty Retirement Annuity, uh, which I've had for 20 years. But up 20 years, is it worth moving it over to 10x? Um, would the reduction in fees be worth it or is it worth it? Thank you for your question around retirement annuities and, and whether it's worth uh, you know transferring them from an insurance company to an index provider or a unit trust uh, pr- provider. I think it's a, a, an issue that a lot of people grapple with for for retirement annuities in, in general, you know, because so, some of the older retirement annuities, you know, were, were really expensive and, and there were huge upfront fees and, you know, and certainly the performance hasn't been great because of the fees and also because, you know, stock markets didn't do that well for most of the last decade, you know, th- thanks to the Zoomonomics. But I think, you, you know, one of the things to consider when, you do, when you're going to look at uh, moving your retirement annuity is to to understand the penalty that they're going to charge you. So so it's usually called a Section 14 uh, transfer penalty, and I think that you know when I when I look at this for myself, I look at uh, a, a percentage of six percent. So in other words, if the penalty is six thousand rand um, and your investment is a hundred thousand rand, then that means that the penalty is six percent of the value of of the retirement annuity. So for me. Six percent is a critical number. If the penalty is less than six percent, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to move my my retirement annuity from from an insurance company to a very low cost, uh, you know, index provider or, or unit trust uh, provider. The only issue there is you you need to be prepared to leave that retirement annuity at the new home for at least sort of three, um, and I, I actually think you know six years or longer, you know, three years at the very least, but but six years or more. And my logic is that sometimes you can get a retirement annuity at let's say, you know, one percent a year, whereas your your insurance company retirement annuity might be costing you three or or four percent a year. And so that fee saving of, of you know let's say two percent a year, you, you or you know even three percent a year, you, you need to um, at at least be invested for three or four years to be sure that you're going to get that that fee saving back, so that you can offset against the penalty that you've originally paid. You know, obviously, if you're going to stay in the RA for another ten years, then then making the move as soon as you can um, at that at that penalty of six percent or less makes even more sense. So yes, I do like the idea of transferring retirement annuities. Just make sure that your your penalty is clear and that you understand what's going on, and then be prepared for some paperwork because you know the, these insurance companies don't make it that easy for you to transfer RAs. They they give you a lot of hassles, uh, but they're obliged by law to do it. So, so you're not stuck there for life and you can certainly do it. Uh, I think the other thing to understand about penalties is the longer your money is invested um, you know, at, the, at the insurance company, the lower the penalty will eventually become. So it might be worth, you know, if let's say they tell you that the penalty is 10% of the value of your RA. Uh, once you've stopped puking in disgust, uh, just understand that if you review that every year, you might find that penalty dropping quite quickly at some point, in which case it might make sense to delay the transfer for another year or two, and then and then you can move it. So I'm sorry that um, that you're going to pay a penalty like that and that you've had such you know, uh, bad returns. Unfortunately, that's you know often down to fees. Uh, and and you know that's not specific to any particular insurance company. That's just I think insurance company RAs are expensive. 
Um, and I don't like the fact that they lock us into these contracts. You know, they always come up with a marketing reason why. But I think, you know, to pay pay-as-you-go fees uh, makes much more sense to me. So, so to transfer your, your, your money from an insurance company to an investment platform or an index tracker platform, it makes lots of sense because they're not going to charge you upfront fees. They're only going to charge you uh, pay-as-you-go or ongoing fees. And they certainly won't lock you into a contract to stay with them for the next decade or two. Uh, you can always move again if you if you need to. So yes, I think do your homework. Make sure I'm I'm, I'm not going to give you a comment on the particular insurance company you're, you're asking about or the investment platform that you want to go to. I think you know understanding that low costs are a huge driver of performance, and then make sure that uh, you, you know that you understand the fees and the implications of that. But good luck. I think it it might make sense to do what you're considering. Good day, Warren and the team. I have a question. I'm 39 years old and very recently married. My husband and I have purchased a new property which we have moved into. My old townhouse has been rented out and I refinanced the bond as I had almost paid it off. I refinanced to the value of 700,000 even though the property is now estimated at a value of 900,000. I wanted the extra money for three reasons. Firstly, I wanted to benefit from the tax set off of the interest on the bond against the rental income Secondly, I want to make some improvements to my mom's house. And thirdly, due to the lower interest rate, wanted to invest in the stock market, hoping that the performance will outdo the savings on interest. I need your help, please. In light of all this recent talk about US inflation and uncertainty with global markets, where should I be putting my money? Or should I be pumping the extra money into our new bond? My husband and I are married out of community of property, and the bond is in my name alone, although we are both paying towards the house-related cost. I hope you can help and advise as to how to best deal with this situation. Thanks. Congratulations on your recent marriage. That's wonderful news, and, and well done for, for being in such a great financial position to be able to uh, you know, consider investing uh, and and you know having a one paid off property and and you know a potentially another rented one. So so I think that you're you know you've got some good questions there around what to do with the money, um, and and you've got a really nice sort of foundation, a financial foundation to build on. Uh, I think the first thing to understand is that you know the problem with with debt uh, is is when life happens. You know so so we we go into another major lockdown or something horrible happens. To, you know in your life, having debt. Uh, it can be a heck of a financial burden, especially if it then forces you to have to sell one of your properties, let's say the townhouse, uh, because you know you don't, just don't have the money to pay to pay the bond anymore, and you don't have a tenant or wh whatever the deal is. Uh, you know, I think that um, just understanding that debt is debt is a, a decent tool of wealth creation. So, for example, if you borrowed money to do the long-term investing, it's not a bad idea. But what you need to understand is you need to have a lot of money available to settle that debt. If something goes wrong, so so I think that that will be my first comment. Is I I would probably, at the start, take a little bit of uh, time to actually pay off that that bond a little bit, because you know if you can build up a bit of extra money saved into the bond, then you know if you then use some of the money to do other things and 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 especially around investing, then if something goes wrong, at least you've built up a good emergency fund and a good buffer inside the bond already, so that buys you time. And, and my suggestion is that you probably need, at the very least, one whole year's worth of bond repayments. So if that bond is costing you 7,000 Rand a month, 
then, then try and have at least 84,000 Rand of extra money saved in that bond so, so that you, you've got an entire year to sort things out if, if things really go wrong in life or if there's another big you know, economic emergency. So having said all that, what should you consider? I think the one important thing about having uh, interest on a, on a buy-to-let property is, as you pointed out, you can, you can write off the expense of the interest against the rent that you earn. And I think that that's a very nice way to, to at least get some tax benefit from your investing uh, career and, and certainly a very legitimate way of, of saving some tax. So, so I think that there is merit in doing that. Just make sure you keep very careful records and, and make sure that you know, SARS doesn't come back to you to catch you out on something because you weren't fully prepared for, for, for whatever happened with your, your record keeping. So if you do then have some extra money and you'd like to invest, I think I'm going to caution you against worrying too much about you know, specific market events, particular things that are happening in the world at the time. You know, whether it's inflation in America right now or you know, the vaccination rollout in South Africa or whatever it is, there are always going to be reasons to be fearful about why you should be investing. And, and I just think you know, the, the thing to understand about investing is it's a 10 or 20 year investment career. What happens at the start, you know, especially if you just have a rocky few months, will be completely irrelevant if you stay invested and stay committed to your portfolio over a decade or two. You know, the, 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 the little bumps along the way will just be that. There'll be small little bumps on a long, big upward journey. So, so I think if I were you, um, I wouldn't necessarily invest big lump sums. I, I would invest smaller amounts on a regular basis if you're going to build up your portfolio. So as an example, if you were going to invest you know, 240,000 Rand as a lump sum, then, then do it in 20,000 Rand batches uh, every month for a year so that you build up your portfolio. And then I would be I would be careful to be too narrow and too specific in my investments. So so out of the twenty thousand a month, I would do ten thousand a month into a local uh, investment. You know something that's very nice and diversified, either a local unit trust that's you know in, in shares or a local index tracker. Uh, you know something like a top forty index. And then the other ten thousand rand a month, I would I would make invested in an overseas investment. You can do it, for example, in what they call feeder funds. Those are rand denominated funds, but they are one hundred percent invested overseas. You know, so so something like a a world ETF is is a very good idea. And if you have the combination and you 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 start that portfolio, if something horrible goes wrong in in America and the stock markets collapse. That you will lose money on the international portfolio, but you'll be helped because the likelihood is that the rand will weaken as well, and that will give you some sort of a benefit. But the point is, if you're going to be investing for ten or twenty years, worrying about what happened, uh, you know, over a three or six month period is just not that important to you. You, you. you get much more benefit from staying invested and being committed over the long term. But all the way back to my starting point, if you're going to take money out of a bond to make an investment. I'm okay with that, but you have to make sure you've got lots of extra money around to help you if if life happens and you you just don't uh, don't have the ability to pay off that bond. I wish you all the best uh, in your investing and your new marriage. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon. <laughs>